0: sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour you'll find them at the back of the range and here's your host ben Adelberg. and welcome to the back of the range i am your host ben Adelberg. this is episode 327 my guest on this episode is maxwell ford member of the University of North Carolina men's golf team. After two seasons with the Georgia Bulldogs, Maxwell transferred to UNC to join forces with Austin Greaser, Dylan Minetti, and his twin brother, David. And as we head towards next spring, UNC just might be the team to beat this year. Now, a lot can change. College golf has several strong teams that will undoubtedly be vying for the national championship at La Costa, Vanderbilt, Auburn, Washington, Old Miss, they're currently hovering around the top spot, and there's always some Cinderella's looking to crash the party. During my conversation with Maxwell, we spoke about his start in the game, the uniquely competitive environment of junior golf, and some of the differences he has encountered playing for Georgia and now playing for UNC. As a reminder, next week I'll head over to Seattle in Georgia for my final tournament of the year, the Jones Cup Junior Invitational. Always a great field, relaxed island vibe, and some impressive former junior champions should be making an appearance during the first week of January after the new year. Let's jump into this episode right now and welcome in the 2019 Jones Cup Junior Invitational champion to the back of the range. Maxwell, how are you, sir?
1: Thanks for having me, Ben. Things are, uh, things are going good. Just chilling in Chapel Hill and, um, enjoying the the time off from school.
0: I, I bet now I, I hear that, uh, you are, uh, I mean, one of the classic, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas time movies is, uh, obviously home alone. I know it's a, it's a old one for you and it's a, but it's a classic. So, um, we were just talking, are you, you're presently in Chapel Hill, but you're, you're home alone, aren't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, it's uh, it's just me for now. I know Greaser and Keenan Poole are coming back on Sunday night. Um, Hampton Roberts lives like twenty five minutes from here, so he could uh, if if I get in a pickle tonight, then I'll just call him and he can come rescue me.
0: I'm um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure knowing you that that getting into trouble uh, is is something that is always oh yeah. yeah, it's always a possibility. So you got Keenan Poole, Hampton Roberts and Austin Greaser as roommates at Chapel Hill, as a member of the uh, North Carolina Men's Golf Program. Now, you're, you're there by yourself. Um, if you were to play a prank on one of your roommates, you know, obviously they're not there to defend themselves. I mean, stuffing bananas in Greaser's golf bag, um, you know, <laughs> hiding, uh, you know, maybe like, you know uh using a nail gun and and stapling the the, the sheets to to someone's bed i mean i'm i'm just get, i mean is there you're giving me ideas I, well dude. that's what i do here so i'm i'm, I'm helping to shape the youth of uh, of amateur golf so what uh you know like which who who is the the easiest target i guess is the better question
1: i would say greaser is definitely not the easiest target no, he is no. uh he's probably the last person in maybe the entire united states that i would uh that I would choose to pick on. Um, I don't know. I don't really think we need to uh, to do any pranking. I feel like our house, if you talk to um, any one of my roommates, they'll tell you that our house kind of has something break, like every... I would say every every few weeks, just something stops working. Oh, okay. Um, so we we really don't need to do any pranks. The house kind of just does it for us.
0: I understand. Okay, so you're you're living in a barely uh, in in a you have an apartment or a house that that is borderline condemned and it could fall apart at any moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's actually very nice, but it's it's there's just like a little. It's cursed. there's just some interesting cursed. things about
0: it. It's cursed. Okay, I understand. All right. <laughs> Uh well we're just we're just coming off of uh, Thanksgiving basically uh you know nice little weekend to take a break. Uh what did you do for Thanksgiving? I know you're a, a native of Peachtree Corners, Georgia. Did you make it all the way down to Georgia um or or w- what did the the Ford family do for Thanksgiving this year?
1: I did not make it all the way to Georgia. Um the Ford family met in Charlotte, North Carolina, so David and I drove from Chapel Hill to Charlotte and then my parents drove up from Atlanta to Charlotte, um, and just kind of spend some good time with family. It's been pretty much the same crew the last probably three years, um, 10 or 15 people. Um, and yeah, we kind of just eat some Turkey, um, and play some board games that always get kind of rowdy. Um, but it's it's a good time. It's always fun.
0: Shocker. Yeah. (laughs) Your, your crew is very competitive. Um, yeah, you and David uh, playing board games together is just a recipe for something yeah. to get broken. So that uh yeah. I can understand that. Now, when you know when you two get a lot of attention for your achievements in golf and I always kind of have to chuckle when I hear people talk about the Ford twins. Um and you uh yes, you're twins, but you're also uh triplets. So uh we're we're leaving out a lot of people leave out your sister Abigail. So Thought, give her a little bit of pub here. What does Abigail do better than David and Maxwell Ford? What is her skill set that just can put you two to shame?
1: Uh, she definitely works any anything restaurant related a lot better than Dave and I will. Um, she uh, she's been working probably since she was fifteen or sixteen. Um, she worked at Chick Fil A for a while, and then she's worked at a few different restaurants. Um, so she's got, I'd say. To my knowledge, a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, um, just like serving waiting tables and and that sort of thing. Um, So she, yeah, she would definitely, uh, definitely beat us in that.
0: So multitasking uh, would be her strong suit. Yes. Multitasking is
1: not my strong suit. No, it's not. uh, Oh, 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 I don't, Oh, oh,
0: I don't need to ask anyone, Maxwell. I I've seen it uh, and (laughs) and your brother's not much better either. So we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, I I've seen that. I've seen that firsthand. I have definitely seen that firsthand. (laughs) Um, Let's go back and talk about this summer. So great, great summer of amateur golf. You had three top 15 finishes in the elite amateur golf series Made it to the round of sixteen at the USAM. Um, finished in uh, top twenty in elite amateur cup points. Actually, not the highest finishing Ford. That uh, goes to Jaden Ford. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, you are not the best Ford of the summer, apparently. Um, yeah. So sorry, sorry to bring that up and, and let you know about that, but uh, not also by top. Top two? Top three, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm absolutely, easily top top two. So I have spent quite a bit of time with the Fords and a lot of uh, funny moments over this summer. The first one I have to ask you about, we were on the same flight heading from the Dogwood Invitational in Atlanta to the Son of Hannah in Pennsylvania. And uh, these are just random things I've noticed, but you and your brother are always stretching. And... Uh, There seems to always be a massage gun nearby. Now, everyone knows stretching is very important, but you two take it to the next level. I think I remember you actually getting up multiple times on that flight to go wander off somewhere to go stretch. So can you talk, I mean, there's a lot of amateurs that listen to this podcast where they're trying to get the most out of their game and, and physically get the most out of their game. When did stretching other than just like people telling you hey you know you need to stretch and warm up you've taken it to a different level haven't you
1: Yeah it's uh it's definitely I guess an interesting thing that that I do a lot of um I don't I don't really know at this point I don't even really think about it it's just kind of like it just kind of happens like sometimes sometimes if I'm just in if I'm just like standing up talking to somebody then I'll just start stretching and like not even know like what I'm doing. Um, But I think, I think everybody's body is different. Um, So like some guys might not need to stretch very much. um, Whereas David and I have kind of always been tight, um, especially like our hips get really tight. And um, we, we've both had some form of like lower back injuries. So I think that's, that's part of it too. Is just like always trying to keep everything as loose as possible and Um, yeah, it's been a, it's a, it's an ongoing process. Like it's, it's something that I feel like I never really have completely figured out. Um, but I think, I think before and after rounds is like the, the biggest thing, um, like just making sure I get super, super stretched out and, um, get everything activated before the round. And then, um, I feel like if I, if I'm doing that well enough, then it's going to be hard for me to get hurt.
0: If you now take, take away like the, the, the travel time to the golf course. Um, but if you had, let's say a 10 a.m. Tea time, when do you first start like physically, you know, start moving your body? Gosh.
1: Um, it actually at the RSM, it was crazy. I, uh, I had, oh man, when was my tea time? I don't remember when my tea time was, but if I'm working out before the round, which I like to do, um, it'll probably be like, I'll probably start stretching like, oh, let's see, 40 minutes of stretching, 30 minutes of working out, probably about two hours before my tea time if I've already eaten.
0: Wow. So your, your stretching is almost longer than your, your pre-round workout.
1: Yeah, it, it, it really ends up being that way. Like, my stretching is definitely always longer than like the time that I'm hitting balls um, wow. before rounds. Interesting. Yeah, that's just the way it works out. I don't know. I, I, I don't even, I, don't, I guess I don't really try to make it that way, but that's just kind of how it ends up working.
0: So when, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. So if you're, let's just say, for example, you have to cut a stretching routine short before a round. Where, mm-hmm. what what do, what are the negative impacts of that? Where do you feel it? Is it, uh, you know, yeah, walk me through how you feel that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely happened before. Um, it happens a lot, not necessarily on tournament days, but just on days where we're, like, maybe traveling and then playing a practice round or, yeah. or playing somewhere around the golf course. Yeah. Um, I think if if it's not a tournament, then I'll almost intentionally, like, not hit the ball as far, like try to swing really smooth at it. Okay. Um just because I know that if I if I swing really hard and I'm not totally warmed up, then something bad could happen. Um, but it, to be honest, I don't really notice. I wouldn't notice it that much
0: until something. If it happened wrong. on a tournament day, yeah. What's that? You wouldn't notice it unless something really goes wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I'd notice it unless, um, or like, I, I would probably not notice it. And then if I did it for two or three days in a row then I might get some, uh, some sort of a problem. So I kind of just, I try to, the best, uh, I guess the best way to to limit the damage is to just like not even let it get started.
0: Interesting. Well, no, it's, that's a great insight because if you, I mean, you're, you know, an elite athlete in college playing, uh, you know, elite collegiate and amateur golf. And it sounds to me that your priority for a warmup isn't necessarily hitting balls or putting or chipping or this. It's like, I got to get a stretch in. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. So another uh, interesting moment of the summer, at least for me, is I was uh, I was asked to uh, deliver precious cargo from the Hannah <laughs> to the Northeast Amateur. Um, I, uh, yeah, road trip with Maxwell Ford. We drove from johnstown pennsylvania quick little stop in scranton we had to make sure we stopped by the Mifflin paper factory uh, where they, they you know the the intro to the office that's an actual building folks that is not uh, that's not hollywood magic we we stood outside and looked at that building i think we we're there what five minutes we're like yep that's it and then we left <laughs> um but yeah did that you know uh you know got we got matching tattoos then we had to go uh, to cracker barrel which apparently is your favorite restaurant which um I mean, it's hard to argue. You know, we're just coming off of Thanksgiving. Have, have you ever, have you ever had Thanksgiving at a Cracker Barrel?
1: Not yet. I, but I, I, I uh, I've given you. Yeah. I'm giving
0: you a lot of ideas: how to play pranks on your teammates, <laughs> where to have Thanksgiving dinner. Um, there's a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I haven't explored it yet. I think I don't know. I might in the future. Maybe I mean, maybe even tomorrow with. With nobody here I, I kind of have uh, I, I can kind of do what I want for meals um, I'll see I might I might drive by and, and kind of check out the line because I know the weekends at Cracker barrel can get a little dicey um, but you might you might have uh, given me an idea might actually we'll be see. a
0: pretty good time to do it because people are still working through their Thanksgiving leftovers so you might be able to sneak yeah. in there
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Might be a good time. Never know. Now we did this drive about an eight nine hour drive. Uh, broke it up into a couple days. I think I'm I'm pretty sure we can pencil that in for for next summer as well. But is there? Let's see if we can have you roll over and uh, and and pick on some of your fellow amateur uh, friends in the, in the in the world of amateur golf who would not be someone you'd want to do a road trip with of that, of that length in amateur golf? I already have a couple, <laughs> there's a couple I can think of right off the bat, but I'm, uh, this is about you, not me who you, you would need some AirPods with a couple people. Um, give, give me a couple here that, I, cause here, here's the, and here's why I'm asking. What if they ask me for a ride next summer? I need to know who to say no to.
1: Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's only one that comes to mind. Go ahead. That I have a, Go ahead. Like a reason for it. it's, it's uh, my brother David. Because I mean, he would, he would just have to pee like every thirty minutes. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I mean, he, I, I mean, you'd, you'd be stopping like, you might have to pull over on the side of the road if there's not a bathroom for like forty-five minutes or so. Okay. Um, All right. He, he drinks water like nobody I've ever seen so that's the only one that comes to mind okay I feel like everybody else would be I mean everybody else would uh there would be a lot of different experiences out there but I feel like there would be a lot of ways to enjoy all those experiences depending on who I was riding with I I would riding with
0: I would feel that one person that would talk for all eight or nine hours of the trip would be Devin Patel
1: knew you were going to say that yeah
0: i i I not not necessarily a bad thing but uh, but i don't know anyone interesting enough that i want to hear them talk for eight hours including myself so no
1: yeah i think he'd be fun i think i think he'd be a fun talk
0: all right we may need to put a put a crew together for next summer the the trip from (laughs) sunnahan to northeast but but good to know do not invite david ford um all right well let's 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 talk about uh david a little bit i know that uh you know, I actually had to go back in the archives of the Back of the Range podcast. You know, he um I, I had him on the podcast. It was actually over two years ago, back in April of 2021. It was episode 190. At that time, he was the number one ranked junior in the world. He he had not started at North Carolina yet. You had not started at Georgia yet. I rarely have junior golfers on the podcast. Now I I'm an only child. I have no brothers or sisters. And, you know, naively, I, I've kind of assumed that, you know, all siblings get along and they have that brotherly or sisterly bond. And, you know, when I spoke to him on the podcast two years ago, I, you know, I was really struck at just how competitive it sounded like the 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 household was when you two were playing against each other in junior golf. And, you know, when I started talking about it with him, you know, I got the impression like, okay, yes, yeah, so I, I, I love my brother. Maxwell and and I want what's best for him but there is no way I want him to beat me and he's never going to outwork me does that sound about accurate because I never talked to you two years ago about this is is, was that about accurate with with you two growing up under the same roof
1: yeah that was uh, that was definitely very accurate Um, I think for really all the way up until college because we didn't really see each other in college that much but yeah we were um, like Definitely, nobody wanted to lose, and nobody wanted to to leave the course before the other one. Um, so it was definitely uh, definitely a lot
0: of pride on the line. So how do you work through that? Because again, I'm I don't have a frame of reference. How do you work through that? And like, okay, we we settled it out on the golf course. Now that's done. We're 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 you know we're off the course for the day. Let's get back to normal and where we're brothers. Or was it just a constant thing where it's just hanging over the the relationship to where who had the better of of the other that day
1: yeah no i'd say that the the second option it was definitely <laughs> i mean yeah like when you asked uh when you started asking like how we how we worked through it and my the first thought in my head was like well we we really didn't okay um, all right it's just kind of a yeah but i think um i for our our relationship has changed a lot recently um like, I feel like it hasn't even really been something we've like worked on. It's just kind of like, we both have a common love for the Lord. And it's like, for some reason that just like, that is just like healed our relationship. And, um, I don't know, we get along great now. So what growing up, it was, uh, yeah,
0: it was definitely a little more uh, intense. Well, and also it sounds like, you know, you you transferring to North Carolina and now you're on the same team, that probably helps also because you're right. Yeah. I mean you're 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 of course you're competing as individuals, but there's also that team dynamic as well, where that kind of probably softens it a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're uh, it's like there's there aren't there aren't very many scenarios where we're competing, like where we are trying to beat the other one. Yeah. Like directly. Um, uh, we played in qualifying, we played in the match play bracket, um, this year, which it was a little, uh, a little intense, but I mean, I, I think we, I think we both like understood that somebody had to win and somebody had to lose and, um, whoever won, it was, it wasn't going to like be the end of the world. Um, or it wasn't going to like, make their whole career and whoever lost that wasn't going to be the end of the world. Um, Right. So it was fun.
0: Well, you, you started your, you know, you entered the transfer portal before the start of this season. Um, You know, surprisingly, I actually had coaches reaching out to me. They were asking me what I knew about your intentions and they were like, do you think there's a shot? Is it worth, you know, giving this kid a call and trying to recruit him? And I'm like, and I actually remember this, I'm like, well, if you have another Ford brother on your team that Maxwell hasn't met yet, I think you may have a shot. But <laughs> other than that, I don't, I don't think this is going to go very well for you, but yeah, you played two years at Georgia transferred to UNC. So you're, 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 this is your first year with, uh, with David. Um, so let's unpack a couple things, the decision for you both to go in separate directions to start your career. I, I think we've actually already opened the door to that, that answer. Um, you know, was it a conscious decision or, you know, other than just, Hey, this is a good way to add frequent flyer miles to your parents' accounts so they can both, you know, follow, follow both of you. But like, was there a conscious process of like, all right, we need to go and do our own thing or did it just kind of organically happen that way?
1: Yeah. I think, I think that process of like thinking whether or not to play with David was probably more like a, more of a subconscious thing. Right. Um, I think I didn't really think about that part that much. Like, I think we we both kind of agreed that we wanted to go to the school that fit each of us best individually. Right. Um, and that's, I mean, when we both made the, des- the decision, that's what it ended up being. Um, I think I, I, it's hard to say, like, if I had come to UNC initially, how that would have changed the course of my life or the course of David and I's relationship. Um, But I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think two years at Georgia was like, looking back on it, I think it was the best thing for me.
0: You started out there under Coach Hack and uh, Coach Douglas, and now you have Coach DiBetetto as your, your head coach at UNC. Now, from my experience, and, you know, I've spent time around both these programs at tournaments, you know, there's, there's a different energy. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, uh, in, in fact, you know, uh, I mean, if we're looking at just like pedigree of which program has delivered the most, uh, you know, PGA Tour pros, I mean, it's Georgia. And, um, you know, they yes. they have they, both programs have great history. And I'm not putting you in a corner here. I'm not going to say, you know, which one. I'm, we're not going to go there. But can uh-huh. you can you talk a little bit, though, about, you know, what you've seen as far as like the difference in energy and maybe – how it fit early at Georgia, but maybe how you were looking for a different energy at UNC.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I I think like a big part of the energy for me is, is brought from David. Um, I think it's, it's just like, it's not really the relationship I have with David. I feel like is not something that I could find with any other person. I feel like no other human being like thinks that similarly to me. So, um, and I didn't really realize that until I got here, and it was like, all right like that's kind of kind of crazy like how how similar this kid thinks to the way
0: that I think um, so it just it makes he kind of looks like you a little bit too if you just squint your eyes just a little bit
1: yeah I don't know i I, I think he's i I don't think he's uh the best looking cat but I understand um, no nah, I'm kidding <laughs> um, so the, I think that makes traveling and um, just like the little things a lot of fun and then also um the other guys on the team are amazing um they everybody i feel like really everybody at um unc as a whole is just kind of like super super hard working um it's like the the even the normal students like the because the school is so hard it feels like everybody kind of has their um like their a game every day um so it's just like uh it's a it's a good thing. The classroom gets a little tough because there's some like really, really smart people here. But um it's a really good thing. And then Coach DiBetetto and um Coach Noah, who's new this year, um, they both have made it very clear to all of us that like they're they're willing to do whatever they need to do to make us better. Um and that was that was something honestly that was present at UGA also. Um but I think just like the the way that Coach Steve Ateado, like he walked with me at, at our first tournament um, at Olympia Fields, and it was it was just amazing. Like the the knowledge he had, and like the way he could work his way around a golf course, um, and just like all, he he did all the all the little things um, really well. That could like like if it was just going to give me like a, the tiniest bit more of a chance of making the putt, then he was going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Now, if you had to take David out of the equation, which player on the UNC team would you have transferred? Would you have wanted to play with? I know you said like you wanted to come to UNC to play with David, but I'm just curious. If you had to take David out of the equation, is there another player on that on this team that you've said, "Wow, this is this is I didn't expect this"? And don't say they're all great guys because we know they're not. But so I'm just saying, like, <laughs> fine. Which yeah, don't yeah don't don't give me that. Uh, you know, is it you know there there's a lot of talent on on this team who knows what the rankings are right now, but as we speak, I think you're the number one team in the country, but uh, you know, which, what has been kind of the other surprise? Okay. I know what I'm going to get by playing with David, but there's a lot of talent on this team. Yeah. um, I mean, if you play with Minetti, if you play with Minetti, your speed's going to get fantastic. There's that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've honestly, I have not played around with Dylan other than practice rounds this year, okay, which is just crazy to think about. Um, it's just the way that it's worked out. Um, uh-huh. And I, I think the the one that's been kind of fascinating is Greaser. Um, he just has an ability to score that is like crazy. Like he – and David kind of told me a little bit about this before I got to school, but it's like he, he hits like two or three fairways and shoots like three under. <laughs> and you're like, what on earth just happened? Um, but it's, it's something that – that I can learn a lot from because I feel like I have some rounds where I feel like I hit it really well and then I shoot two or three over and it's like, what are we doing here? Right. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's fascinating just with how, how good he is at getting the ball in the hole. And then also, um, outside of golf, he's crazy athletic, like just some of the, his hand eye coordination. And, um, yeah, he's just like a, he's a fascinating
0: monkey. He's just a fascinating, fascinating monkey. He's a fascinating monkey. I, I we're gonna move on and talk about the RSM in a minute, but uh, you're, you made your PJ Tour debut. But you know I, the one thing also I was gonna ask you about with, with being at UNC, you got a lot of pressure on you at, in qualifiers. I would imagine, especially as a transfer, nobody transfers to a new program just to sit on the bench, and yeah. you know you have a deep team, so. You know, and also add the fact that you're joining your brother. So I think there are probably a lot of people who just assume, all right, we're just going to pencil in David and Maxwell Ford for every tournament. But that is not the case at, at elite collegiate programs because there are qualifiers and there's a lot of tournaments. Right. And you know, it's natural when you're trying to balance school and personal life. Um, you know, sometime the sometimes the ball doesn't go in the hole, and and you know, there's there's peaks and valleys to your game. How do you approach qualifiers knowing that you have kind of maybe a little extra pressure on yourself than maybe other players
1: yeah I think um it was it was a good bit of pressure in our first qualifier. The Walker Cup guys were gone, so and they already we already knew they were going to be in the lineup so yeah um, it was six of us playing for two spots um, for Olympia fields and it was it was going to be the winner of the qualifier and one pick, one captain's pick and going into the final round of qualifying. um, I think Hampton and Keenan Hampton Roberts and Keenan pool and myself, we were all um, within two shots of each other. I think that's how it was at least. Um, So it it was just like, it was just kind of one of those things where like, we, we all knew like one of the three of us wasn't going to go. And it was, I don't know. It's just a a weird deal. And that was with like Peter fountain was, was also in the qualifier, but he didn't play well, which was just like shocking. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, um, I'd say I, I've been a little bit surprised at like how good everybody here is. Um, I think like, like there are legitimately like seven guys that would probably start at like every school in the country, including here. Um, or like should start at every school in the country, um, so I feel like that's that's uh, anybody will tell you that that's like a, a really healthy environment and something that makes everybody better. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been nice. I feel like the the harder qualifying is, the better the team's going to be.
0: Yeah, that's kind of one of those things that's really fascinating about college golf, and this is not specific to North Carolina. This is just for any team that I feel is in that top you know that that top echelon that they're looking towards a run at a national championship yeah you can have a really deep team but at some point you got to know who your 5 are because that 5 man at nationals you're going to you're going to need that 5 man just as much as you're going to need the number 1 guy and yeah. you, so it it's a i love seeing how that all shakes out and there's some teams where like you know who their 5 are and then there's some where it's like you can almost see it weighing on the players because, like, you're in March or in April, and some guys I can tell that they're just kind of like they're just fighting for their spot.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's it's. I mean, I would say it's probably easier as a player than it is as a coach. Oh yeah. Um, and we dealt with kind of the same thing at Georgia for, um, I guess, really my my second year there, um, and it's just like it was just tough because. Like nobody really knew like what the best call was. It's like you could almost flip a coin and, um, yeah, yeah it's a tough deal, but
0: yeah, just got to kind of figure it out. But yeah, I, I would see that. I'd be, I would I mean, God, and it's such a long season. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, college and amateur golf kind of blend into each other now. It's just, it's a uh, 12 months. Um, yeah. speaking of amateur golf, David, uh, you know, he knew he was going to be playing in the RSM this year when he, uh, made that birdie on 18 in January at the Jones Cup to, to win that by one. And um, you actually, I guess, you know, relatively a last minute, I mean, not the night before by any means, but I mean you relatively got a last minute sponsors exemption into the RSM. Just, just how angry was David that you were going to be interfering and in, in trying to steal his his spotlight at Sea Island? How, how upset was he, Maxwell? Uh, yeah, no, he was, he was really mad. He almost didn't come. I understand. Um, I'd, I'd pull out too. <laughs>
1: no, no, he was, he was happy. It was, it was cool for both of us to, uh, have that opportunity. And then to play together in the tournament was just like really, really strange and, um, just a really big blessing to be able to play with Davis love
0: also. Um, oh, just that, a, that guy. a really cool that, week. that guy, right?
1: Uh, yeah,
0: I, yeah, I had to look him up, but, He's pretty good. Please tell me you're kidding. Please. I'm kidding. Okay. No, I'm God. kidding. Thank God. Cuz I mean, I <laughs> I I was, you know, I was going to ask you some trivia on his career, but I was so afraid that you wouldn't know the answers, which would make me feel old. So I'm not even going to do that. But I
1: I might be able to get it.
0: All right, let's see. He's won uh, Do you do you know the major that he won?
1: Um, the PGA
0: all right, that's good. Do you know the year that he yeah. made the clinching putt for the, to win the Ryder Cup? Uh, See, there you go. We'll just leave that on nineteen ninety four
1: and nineteen ninety
0: six. Ninety three. You're close. We're going to leave it at that. Oh. That's very good performance. We're just going to right, we're, right. we're going to stop right there. Um, but you, you know, you're on the first tee, and you're with your brother, and then you're with D, you're with Davis Love the third. How were the, I unfortunately you both missed the cup, but you spent time with him. What were the conversations like? I mean, was he kind of trying to get to know both of you a little bit more or was it just all business? What were kind of your experiences in those first two rounds? Um,
1: yeah, I would say there wasn't that much conversation to be honest. Um, we all, we all had caddies obviously. And, um, (laughs) David and I were, we're really just trying to figure out how to get yardages without a rangefinder.
0: Ah, Um, yeah.
1: So that, yeah, that took away a lot of our, uh, a lot of our talking time. At least that's what it felt like for me. Um, But he was, um, Davis was great or Mr. Love was great. Um, He tells me to call him Davis, but I don't know. It it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel right. I understand.
0: I would like, Hey, Uh, listen, I would do the same thing and I, I, (laughs) I would do the exact same thing. Um, it was funny, you're mentioning uh, earlier about your sister being a good multitasker and, uh, you, and uh, you said you are not. Um, I was right there Wednesday morning, right as David was getting ready to play his pro-am and he tees off on one at the plantation course. He gets about, you know, 15 steps down the, down the first hole, turns around and starts running back to the locker room because he left his yardage book in his locker. So... (laughs) and i was just like i was like yep that's perfectly on brand and um uh, welcome welcome to the welcome to the big time david ford so i was like yeah that's that's awesome yeah i was like okay good i felt like probably nobody knew that story so i figured like why not just uh, announce it here um which is kind of strange because he always has a compass in his pocket you would think that he would know where he's going but apparently not yeah i don't know unreal um so you you mentioned trying to get you know your bearings as far as like getting yardages, um, you know. I know this is a very small sample size when it comes to playing in professional events. This was your first PGA Tour event, but what were some of the things that you noticed in the inside the ropes of a PGA Tour event that maybe you're you know, caught you off guard or maybe like, okay, I'm not quite ready for this. I'm glad I have more time at, at UNC. I'm glad I have more time as an amateur. What were maybe the, some of the things that you were like, okay, I, I'm I'm not quite ready for this.
1: Yeah. Um I think the the thing that I really took away or one of the things that I took away was my wedges. Um I didn't pop very well, but that that kind of comes and goes. Um but my my wedges were not very good. Um, I drove it really well, but I just, I didn't hit my wedges great, um, which is something you, it's, it's something that all the guys in the PGA tour do well. Um, and then on top of that, I think I'd say just one thing that I learned um, was I was kind of trying to be like too serious. Like I was, I was kind of trying to act like a pro a guy, a pro. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I guess I kind of didn't want to like, um, I didn't want to have too much fun in a way that like um, stepped on somebody's toes. If that makes sense. So I, I think I, uh, if I could go back, I, I mean, when I play golf, I I try to just be a a kid out there, like looking at Jesus. But um, I was, I, I think I was just too focused on um, on playing good golf and just got too too serious and too tight.
0: That's fair. I mean, that sounds to me like what just about anyone else in your situation would probably do. Because, yeah. you know, even when I was kind of walking around there, I noticed, I mean, you know, I, when one of the big takeaways that I had was... Everyone. Well, first of all, it's the weather was not very good, so I think everyone was a little bit on edge because of that. And then also, this is the very last PGA Tour event of the season, where there's a lot of people trying to fight their way into a better position, keep their card, things like that. And man, that vibe just felt that just felt very heavy. It felt very just. It just felt the air felt heavy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it felt. It's not like like in the locker room. It's not like amateur golf where somebody throws a golf ball at somebody else and hits them in the head and everybody starts laughing. It's,
0: it's a little bit
1: more serious.
0: Okay. Good. Good to know. Maxwell Ford tried not to throw a golf ball at Patton Kazire and, uh, beat him in the head. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that would, that would probably get you kicked out pretty, uh, pretty quickly. Um, now, you also, uh, I, you know, this, this kind of was a dual trip for you. I know you uh, played in the tournament, but you also snuck over to Ocean Forest to get yeah. get a look at some of the uh, changes that have been made there in advance of the uh, uh, 2024 Jones Cup, which is obviously going to be the first first tournament of the amateur calendar next year, which is rapidly approaching. Um, I'm, I'm sure people listening to this that are, uh, followers of, uh, the back of the range and know that, that I'll be at the Jones cup again. So what did, I mean, visually, it's kind of hard to, to explain it, but what did you see out of, out of ocean forest that you think might be a surprise to, um, to some of the players in January?
1: Yeah. Um, I, uh, so I was, I was out there and, uh, I was on hole eight and there was a strange man in a hoodie that was driving in a golf cart towards me. Um, and I, I had no idea who he was. He was kind of hiding his face. And then, uh, right when, uh, I guess right when I got to my ball, he kind of, uh, he, uh, unhooded himself. And it was, I don't know, some, some, some big guy that I didn't really recognize. you, um,
0: you, you thought it was either me or the ugliest cart girl in the history of ocean forest. <laughs>
1: yeah no it was it was Ben Adelberg yes, um yeah so that was that was fun um I was something that I wasn't expecting with the renovation um a good addition if you go by by hole eight down the left side you might see Ben Adelberg
0: <laughs> yeah I'm gonna be in other holes by the <laughs> way Maxwell it's not like they just get, yeah they didn't just build me a little shelter to hang out at oh okay, yeah, okay. I'll be in other holes but um but, oh, no, okay. but, but yeah what did you see about the golf course that that kind of yeah tri- and actually eight is a great place to start um
1: Yeah, so I only play the front nine. Um, I noticed – I think off a tee, a lot of it is pretty similar, um, which is nice. I feel like targets off tees for me is something that's – like in the practice round, that's one of the main things I focus on. Um, And then around the greens, some greens were pretty similar. Um, Some greens were very, very different. Like hole two was crazy different. Um, It just like looks – Completely different, and I think they, I think it used to be more elevated um, than it is now. And then, um, hole, hole five, I think plays pretty different. It doesn't look that different, but I think that hole got a little bit easier because the the area f- that you can miss short right is um, just fairway, and it's it's kind of like you can just either. I'll, it depends on if it's going to be overseeded or not, um, but regardless, it's probably going to be a a fairly easy shot. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. Um, it's hard to say whether or not it's easier or harder, um, just because that's a that's a golf course that is so dependent on the conditions. Yeah, um, it can the scoring average can change by a lot just depending on the wind direction or um, how warm or cold it is. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was cool overall. Um, I played pretty quick, so I wasn't, I wasn't exactly grinding. Um, but I'm excited to to see it again in January.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, Jones Cup. I want to see what the scores are at. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, your brother won last year. It'd be interesting to see. I, I, I can't remember what his winning score was, but I know that kind of jumps around. You know, Aberg won it in 21. Palmer won it in 22. Palmer Jackson. That was probably the worst, you know, since I've been going there, that was the worst weather. Uh, I think last year in January, was, or this year in January, was, was pretty darn good. So hopefully we'll get some a lot of good weather. And, uh, yeah. you know, I want to see some birdies. I um, Although we're going to have Jones Cup weather. You know that's happening. I don't care when they hold that <laughs> tournament. There's always going to be a day where it's going to come. So yeah, Well, sir, uh, go enjoy uh, Home Alone. Go enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend there in Chapel Hill and obviously get some schoolwork to get, uh, get to before closing out this year and the semester. And then, yeah, before you know it, we're going to be back at uh, Ocean Forest and then uh, the spring kicks off and then that's where things really get interesting. Glad we're able to get some time and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the year. Happy holidays and I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. And there you have it. Special thanks to Maxwell Ford for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.